podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh, don't you know, we're on a podcast with Moscow's boys because I love you heads. We're on a podcast with Moscow's boys because I love you heads, baby. Meet me at the cat. Boom, the boys are back, and it is a Sunday night live show with the Thanksgiving holiday on Thursday. The schedule this week is going to be a little different, so you all will be hearing this on Tuesday. Uh, We will still have the game preview on. Wednesday, you'll be hearing, if you want to, the Q&A show Thursday on Thanksgiving, and we will have a whip-around show for folks on Friday. Um, Probably not as much stuff on the whip-around as usual, again, with the uh, holiday on Thursday. It's going to take a little bit of uh, time out of the schedule to get some of those segments but it's going to be there nonetheless when K-State is taking on KU for a chance to go to the Big 12 title. We will continue to have a show every single day this week. Just like I said, it will be in a little bit different uh, order, and that's okay. Before we get into the show, remember we are sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company, the best brewery in the entire state of Kansas, and honestly, I think the entire world. They have something for everyone if you are a craft beer drinker. Even if you're not, I guarantee you will find something you like at Manhattan Brewing Company. Remember, take a couple four-packs with you to go also Manhattan Brewing Company. Grab a couple four-packs, some crowlers to go. It is always a good time. Before we get into this, again, I want to give another shout-out to the K-State women's basketball team taking down number four Iowa in Bramlage back on Tuesday, abs- or Thursday, excuse me, back on Thursday, absolute massive dub. They followed that up with a win the very next day on Friday, and then again today on Sunday. The women's basketball team absolutely, absolutely rolling. Very proud of them. And, I, and again, I think this is going to be a uh, bigger season for the for the women than I even I anticipated. Gabby Gregory and Serena Sundell absolutely bossing it out there. Um, so I want to give a shout out to them. Also, the men's team is going to be playing. If you're listening to this, uh, I believe it is. Uh, is it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Or is it Tuesday, Wednesday? No, I think it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So it is a lot, a lot of games, a lot of stuff. U.S. men's national team kicking off. Uh, the World Cup as well. Absolute massive week in sports before the big one. K-State, KU in Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Before we get started on that one, though, pretty big dub in West Virginia. Not as uh, low stress as I would have liked it, 
but it was a big win nonetheless. Let's start with it. We're going to my guy, Aaron, who he got home safely from the Dallas airport. Uh, Aaron, uh, this is a much fresher game on everyone's mind than the usual uh, Wednesday live show. So uh, just give me your thoughts on that game versus West Virginia. Any highlights, lowlights? Just walk me through the emotions from that game. Yeah, emotional is a, a great way to describe that, Scott. You know, really the first half, the, the first quarter in particular, just so many crazy plays on both sides. You know, coming out, really thought we were going to have a nice, easy victory. Nothing crazy was going to happen. But again, Morgantown, you know, weird things happen there. Give credit to their defensive line. I thought they started to get after us a little bit, especially as the game wore on. But it was really good to see Will Howard, a little bit of adversity, really for the first time this season, other than the TCU game, coming back after his pick six. The only bit of concern coming out of this is our obviously our secondary, you know, a little bit banged up, especially on the back end. We'll get through that. I think looking ahead to KU, I know we'll talk about it more, but that's really the biggest thing I want to look for um, coming up for the uh, the KU game on Saturday. We got the job done. Deuce Vaughn, Giddens have really established themselves in the backfield. Really solid victory, a team victory from start to finish. Absolute massive uh, game from DJ the Blue Jay Giddens with the biggest play from scrimmage in that game. Let's go to the ambassador, the rodeo cat. Uh, Ethan, I'm going to call you the ambassador at least for the next year. So you're going to have to drop the rodeo cat moniker for a while. You're just the ambassador. So what do you take away from that win in Morgantown? Uh, my biggest takeaway, um, other than DJ being great, I think somebody might have predicted him as the breakout star of the team this year. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Adam, but, uh, hey, no, no, no. You, you don't have to wink, wink, nod, nod, pound that chest, my friend. All right. Well, uh, I'm proud of that one, but I'm more proud of Ty Zender being him. I got a text from my dad saying, where has this guy been all season? I've been like, you're getting coffin cornered, Dad, because Ty Zentner is that guy. Yeah, absolute massive game from uh, one of the Topeka Cats on this team, Ty Zentner. Uh, truly, uh, you know, a, a triple crown uh, uh, in the kicking game. So I, I love that shout out. And yes, let, let's go to Joel because Joel did call it. Joel uh, was predicting a massive game. From Ty Zentner, Legatron, Topeka Cat, Ty, whatever you want to call him. Joel, pound your chest a little bit for that. Yeah, I mean, shoot. I, I had full confidence in my pick, and I trusted my guy, and he executed. What can I say? Um, but, yeah, absolutely great win by the Cats. It was an incredible day. Um, definitely buzzing, coming off another solid win, going into a rivalry week. And it was, uh, yeah, one of the best catter days I've had in a while. I got to cap it off, celebrating my best friend Cole Hager getting engaged. It was, uh, it was a beautiful day. So yeah, yeah. I didn't know if Cole was gonna make it in here. If he does, I'll say this to his face. Otherwise, hopefully, he listens on Tuesday, and uh, and he hears this. Congratulations to Cole, one of our live show regulars, a Hall of Fame bonehead. I've, I had the pleasure of meeting his now fiance last year as well. There isn't very many couples in the entire world that are more beautiful than those two. And I love love. So I'm very happy for those two. So congratulations to Colorado Cole and his wonderful now fiance. Let's go to 
the good chef Andre Napier. Chef, you, you were trying to tell people not to be worried. Again, second half was pretty low stress. That first half, though, it, it, it was a little stressful. I, I wouldn't say that it was necessarily stressful. I mean, you're gonna they were going to come out swinging. You said that from the very beginning. I didn't think it would be as tight, and I thought when that 14 points went up real quick, I was like, well, I had the tweet ready for you, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't send it. I didn't let it go. And, and you were right. They they brought out the whole playbook. Garrett Green, he can throw it. He can sling it. I was a little bit wrong he's, on him. And, but, and he's young. Like It's not like he's going yeah. anywhere. So whoever the next no. head coach at West Virginia, I think they have a pretty decent quarterback. We'll, we'll see. I mean, it depends on what their OC does because I think he's – I think he might – him and – he might be tied to that OC a little bit too. But, um, you know, the game, it's a little fresh. I have no rewatch. No rewatch. I'm just kind of going from memory here. That's all right. Everyone knows it's no rewatch. We're all taking this holiday week with the new schedule at the live show fair. So I I will personally stick up for you if you say something and someone comes after you on Twitter. I mean, the real real thing about this game was the fronts. You know, our offensive line did enough to keep Howard protected, which is, I mean – if you go back through all the games, he's really – I think he's only been – Howard's been only sacked maybe one time, and that's a testament to the offensive line. They controlled versus a very good defensive front. That Stills kid can absolutely get after it, and the Jefferson kid. And then, you know, the D-line. We talk about Felix Anudike Uzama all the time, and he was he was on one. He was getting there. He was getting close. But the real guy that was really cleaning up was Brendan Mott, and – you know, Matlack came into the season with all the hype. And then when he went down, Brendan Mott had to step up, and he's never really relinquished that. He's He balled out three-sack game. I mean, if it was if it was Felix, he would be, I mean, maybe leading SportsCenter or whatever, or, you know, just, just being talked about as, you know, the defensive player in the Big 12. But Brendan Mott, three-sack game, huge. I mean, an absolute stud. We were missing Robert Hintz, but, you know, that gave us shot for Uso. And I don't know. I think it was somebody that said that, you know, the next man up mentality because we lost. Um, what was the safety we lost? Uh, Kobe Savage and then uh, Kobe Sincere Sa- Mason went uh, down in Mason. game. Yeah, and I think somebody said that is the next man up mentality for this game, seeing how we're so close to the end of the season. And Uso really stepped up. And uh, – VJ Payne really stepped up. It was just a lot of stepping up. I really wanted to uh, call out whoever said that because that was really what happened in this game. That's a great shout out because again, uh, what you what you called out with Brandon Mott, uh, millionaire Mott, money Mott, whatever we want to call him, uh, he has kind of stepped up and been that guy who has benefited from Felix being double teamed every single play, Eli Huggins being double teamed and getting those one-on-one tackles. Again, I think we all thought it was going to be Nate Matlack. He only has five tackles on the season. I think he's been battling some injuries. But Mott has stepped up when he's needed to. And and like you said, B.J. Payne stepping up, Uso stepping up. Everyone on the defense, I think it kind of is uh, that next man up mentality. And I think that is breeded by the culture Chris Kleiman and Joe Klanderman have built on that defense. So that's a great shout-out, Chef. Um, let's go next to the Lynxman. Uh, Cleet, what do you got for me? What What do you think about that game? Still fresh in everyone's mind. Yeah, it was definitely a crazy game. Um, not what anyone was expecting, me included. But 
Um, feels good to get a win. You know, I'll agree with Aaron that, you know, one of the biggest things I was happy to see was Will bouncing back from the pick six. Um, you know, it was in 2020 at West Virginia where there was, I believe it was a pick six, but anyway, a bad interception um, there in 2020 that it was like, all right, could this bring back bad memories and start spiraling? Um, and it didn't. You know, he comes back rolling to his left and hits Malik like on the very next pass. And, so, you know, I was excited to see that. The other thing is I'm excited to go back and rewatch because I don't feel like other than the big passing plays that were given up, which are concerning, I don't think it was as bad defensively as I probably thought in the moment because he only gave up 31 and seven of those were the pick six from Will. And so I think if it's 48-24, yeah, the big plays are concerning in the passing game, but it may not be as bad as everyone thought in the moment on the defense. All right, since it is a uh, lighter crew here, uh, because of the time change, I'm going to ask one more question before we hashtag move on to trophy season. Um, and, and it's a classic Scott Wildcat two-pronged question. Uh, the offense had an absolute massive night. Uh, walk me through your thoughts on Colin Klein after that Tulane game as a play caller and then uh, Colin Klein as a play caller now. And then also uh, we saw – uh, leg from West Virginia cost them a lot of points. Also, just everyone uh, give some roses to Ty Zentner as well. Uh, let's start with Cole. And Cole, actually, uh, you can give any thoughts on the game as well, but also answer those two questions. Uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. All right. Yeah, I apologize. I'm driving right now to a friend's Thanksgiving. Drive um, safe, but I, I appreciate you joining. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm at a red light here. Um, it was um shit question uh, the game was good it was just really good to see will howard and the offense keep on clicking um to your first question um i don't know it just seems kind of classic snyder didn't really open the playbook much in that non-con and then i think colin klein's just coming into his own as a offensive coordinator and really broadening the offense and really making our offense dynamic most dynamic we've had Awesome. Thank you, Coley Dub. Let's go to Aaron. Aaron, just kind of walk me through your thoughts on Colin Klein after that Tulane game and now uh, ten game or 11 games into the season as his first year as a caller and then give some roses to Yeah, you got to give Colin Klein an A-plus after the Tulane game. I think he learned a lot throughout that game, you know, earlier in the season. His mentality is best when it's aggressive. What I mean by that is you look back to games like Oklahoma, TCU, and we did have it rolling, and even West Virginia yesterday, we were very aggressive. You know, we took a timeout in the first half when they had it backed up third and long. You know, in years past, we might have just sat on that, got to halftime. That's very telling to me of the mindset shift where if he's aggressive and he continues to be aggressive, the sky's the limit for this offense. Zentner, again, my goodness, this dude does everything. Look on his kickoffs. It's not just the field goals and the punting game. He'll kick the ball off and and drop it within a little five-yard radius. You can tell that he's trying to put it, whether it's in the end zone or just a little bit short of the goal line, he is pinpoint accuracy. You know, I I wish I had that game with my lob wedge, you know, 60 yards out, but Zentner is just – he drops it in on a dime. I love it. Let's go to Mr. Ambassador – Thoughts on the evolution of Colin Klein just in this season and uh, give some roses to Ty Zentner. I think um, whoever talked about aggression was spot on, you know, not sitting on the ball with the two-minute warning or anything like that. And then 
especially just understanding the skill sets of all the players and utilizing them correctly, depending on who your quarterback is. And um, because it it isn't just a, oh, well, Will Howard's in because we saw what a healthy Adrian Martinez could do at Oklahoma. So I don't think it's just, oh, one quarterback's better than another. I think they're both great. And I think calling up game ties that nurse the I love it. All right, let's go to Joel next. Joel, thoughts on the evolution of Colin Klein and, again, Ty Zentner. Uh, again, I, I think maybe the best triple threat kicker the Big 12 has seen, maybe maybe ever, but at least in a very long time. Yeah, I agree on that. Um, but on Colin Klein, yeah, that two-lane game, it was like – it felt like one of those Bill Snyder grind it out against Missouri State kind of game. And I think that kind of flipped something in him where he realized, yeah, that doesn't really work anymore. Um, but it, it's kind of on the aggression thing, back to what Aaron said. It's it's kind of like he has a personal vendetta against certain teams that he kind of doesn't like, and he kind of puts it on him a little harder. Like, he obviously doesn't like West Virginia, obviously doesn't like OU. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've loved what he's become. We're aggressive. It's a fun brand of football to watch and excited to – Hopefully see him for many years. I love it. We'll go to Chef next. Yeah, I mean, I could never give Zentner enough flowers. I mean, coming into the season, we knew he was the punter, and Chris Tennant had high hopes because we knew the talent that he came from with high school and the leg and the size. I mean, you look at the kid, he was he's absolutely massive. And he had his little stretch run where he was clean, but when you miss so much and that confidence starts to wane on you when you're so young, Zentner being a fifth-year senior, he kicked that in junior college. He knows how special teams works, and he is so consistent. And he's got a leg on it, too. I mean, that 53-yard banger, I mean, that was absolute firecracker. I mean, it was just perfect. And, you know, he's he's evolved, and he's taken the mantle and made our special teams elite again for this season and down this stretch run, which is really needed. But, you know, Colin Klein, I'll get on Colin Klein real quick. He's he's done things with this offense, shuffling two quarterbacks that I don't think a lot of OCs or a lot of, I mean, coaches in general can really manage. And that's really where I'm most impressed because the offensive numbers, they're a little high for Will Howard. And we're all ecstatic about that. And he's, been a real bright spot for this team but even with adrian martinez the offense looks a little different but we're still putting that output out there that is not nothing to you know shake a stick at so colin klein he's really improved this season and i know a lot of people were for calling for his job as the quarterback coach because he was i mean let's be honest the quarterbacks were a little in shambles behind behind skylar thompson for that stretch with Messingham, but you know, Colin Klein's really stepped up. Let's, let's see what he can do with this stretch run. I mean, of the big 12 championship game, that's really going to be my test when he sees a team for the second time. That's really where I'm. That will be a massive test. And again, it's something that I don't believe K state has experienced since 2000, where we played Oklahoma twice in one season. Um, so it, it will be interesting to see how him and Joe Klanderman do that, assuming they take care of KU this upcoming Saturday. Let's go to the Linksman next. Uh, thoughts on Colin Klein and Ty? 
I've just been impressed with Colin Klein's, you know, adaptation throughout the season and just looks like he's just getting more comfortable, um, you know, almost being through a full season of calling plays. You know, you take a look at, um, you know, in the Oklahoma State game and then in the Baylor game, you know, looking like you're going to run a QB sneak and passing out of it. Um, and then even this week, I know it didn't count. They ended up reviewing the play. But when Malik got stopped short, immediately going to the line where West Virginia is still trying to get lined up and throwing a bubble out to Phillip Brooks. It's little things like that that just kind of show growth as a play caller throughout the season. And so it's those kind of things that I've enjoyed. And then from Zentner, like, you know, I think everyone was concerned. And just like every time you'd see um, K-State go to attempt a field goal, it was like, all right, here we go again. Like, cross your fingers and hope. And you don't feel that anymore. Even 53 yards before the end of the half, like, even seeing West Virginia's kicker, you know, just awful duck hooks, like, the entire time. You know, it was like, ah, no, Ty's got this. There was never a doubt. And so it feels good to have confidence in the kicking game. Perfect. And now we got Zach in the show. Zach, uh, we're talking a little bit, Colin Klein, talking about Ty Zentner's game. But also, uh, welcome to the show. Just give any thoughts as a whole on that game versus West Virginia. No, I can barely hear you right now, actually. He's in a hurricane. Yeah, are are you outside, my man? No. So that's that's pretty concerning. Yeah, well, I I can hear you a little bit, but use your outside voice. Maybe. Can you hear me? Yeah, I I can hear you. Okay, sorry. It happens. You'll just have to deal with Dylan trying to bully you on Twitter. That's fine. I'll deal with that when it comes. Um, so, what's the question? Uh, just anything about the West Virginia game. Yeah, it was just it was a good game. Um, uh, we jumped out to a big lead, which well, big. I don't know about that, but fourteen nothing. I felt nervous when they pulled it back within one fourteen thirteen. But, you know, it was never really in doubt. We just kind of kept them at arm's length. But, we, you know, we handled business like we should have. I was happy with that. Um, Colin Klein has really impressed me this year. Um, thank you for seeing um, a lot of what we saw against LSU. Um, really enjoying seeing the evolution of him this year. And then Ty Zentner, what can I say? He shut me up. Um, I was probably just at one point projecting onto him, but uh, he's just really finished up the season. Excellent. Excellent. Yes, I'm right there with you. All right. We got two more guys. We'll get their thoughts on West Virginia before we move on to the Sunflower Showdown. But before we do, we are also sponsored by charliehustle.com. I'm currently rocking one of their t-shirts from the Arrowhead Collection because we're recording this on a Sunday, they have the Arrowhead Collection. You guys know they have the most stylish, officially licensed K-State gear in the world. They also have all sorts of great Kansas City icon shirts. Get all your Christmas gifts, Hanukkah gifts, or just gifts for your loved ones at charliehustle.com. They're also open on the Country Club Plaza and select retailers in Manhattan. Let's go to the man who loves a good victory pickle, Evan D. Shanalanalanalanalak. Evan, Thoughts on that West Virginia game? 
Yeah, not too many thoughts on it, Scott. It was a it was a pretty exciting game to watch, I'd say. Um, even when they came back uh, and almost tied it up, I guess they missed the extra point, but it was 13-14. Um, I didn't really feel like we were in danger at all, just because the offense really seemed to be clicking. Uh, granted, that was right after a pick six, but um, I... I would have felt real bad if the offense wasn't clicking. Um, but since they were, I really thought the defense would get it together in the second half or later in the game. So uh, I didn't really have any concerns there. And, I mean, they only gave up, what, six points in the second half? Um, so nothing uh, really scared me. Yeah, I hear you there. Let's go next to Catsman before we move on to the Sunflower Showdown. Catsman. Any final thoughts? You will be the one to put a bow on the West Virginia game. Hey, yeah. It was it was definitely not what I was expecting, a, a shootout-type game early on. I, I was a little bit stressed or just because our defense didn't seem to be able to stop it, anything. But they got it together, and offense is just still clicking on all cylinders, which is awesome. So... It was exciting, exciting win. One more, one more, one more game. Yes, and let's talk about that one game. Let's uh, move on to it. K-State, KU, Big Boy Fox, 7 p.m. We're not going to talk about the announcers who will be on the game because that's depressing. Plus, I'm going to be at the game, so I don't really care. Um, So let's get to it. Aaron, uh, it's time to move on. It's it's the quickest transition we've ever done with the live show. But what is your key to V for that game versus KU? Yeah, the key to V for me is going to be the secondary. We touched on a little bit in the recap of the uh, West Virginia game. You know, really with our boundary corners, I, I, I feel good about, you know, that side of the field, obviously with Brince and Boydo. It's really the back end of our secondary that I think we're going to know early on if we're if we're locked in, if we've made any adjustments, be interesting to see if we just line up with uh, Cheatham, Josh Hayes, and VJ Payne. Let it roll. If TJ Smith gets in there, really interested to see how we line up on the back end of the defense. But I think that's going to be the key. You know, KU's offense they they can sling it right. Whether it's Daniels, Jason Bean, they've got a couple of receivers. So I think it'll be really very important to see how we line up on the back end of our second. Yes, and I'm glad you gave a shout-out to uh, Julius Princess. Chef said in the chat, uh, he's playing at maybe a borderline All-American level, level, and Jacob Parrish also is playing real well right now as well. So let's go next to the Ambassador. Uh, Mr. Ambassador, what is your biggest key to V for this? My key to V is just game-time mentality and how much we can just compartmentalize because, you know, Jalen Daniels, he's fresh. He's been thinking about this all year for better or for worse. And um, at the end of the day, we have to, we have to show up or bow up and um, it'll be on us. Not, it's not like we haven't like, this is the first time they're going bowling in a long time, but they're still focused for this game. And um, it's the 20 year anniversary of the largest shellacking in the Sunflower State ever. So, 
Yeah, let's hope Colin Klein and Joe Klanderman and Chris Kleinman are bringing that energy on Saturday. Let's go to the good chef, Andre Napier. Chef, I know you probably haven't been able to break down game film and get uh, up to speed, so I'm going to ask you to get out of your comfort zone and give me a key to V before you really study the match. Well, to be honest, I have been watching a lot of KU this year, and I've watched the KU game twice, actually. Damn, look at you go. Their, look from, at you go. From their beatdown with Texas. And, you know, it's it's kind of unfair because Texas really bullied them, and it, it got to a point where they were defeated real early. And that was going to be my key to V. They're a team that likes to be ahead. You know, even with D- uh, Daniels at quarterback, they're not – I mean, West Virginia was kind of a game where they were they built the lead, then lost it, then kind of – went back and forth and they had the offensive production, but that was way early in the year. They're a team that likes to run it downhill. Neil is a really good court, uh, running back. Daniels can run the ball. I don't know if he's going to run it as much because of the shoulder issue. Um, but they're like, the, they're a team that likes to get ahead. It kind of reminds me of us when back in like maybe early climbing, maybe late bill where we'd like to get that lead and hold onto the ball, run a lot of, run read options and stuff like that and melt that clock and get into the end zone. So I think if we get on the same, same game plan as Texas did, especially us being at home, it's going to get real spooky. If we get up to an early lead and deuce Giddens, I think even with that package that of line game coming into the game, that's what a lot of what Texas did. And it's going to get real spooky when line gangs running full speed at one of those linebackers with Deuce running behind them. So I think my key to V to get through Kansas, which is kind of a given for me, is just to get up on them early, punch them right in the mouth and, you know, get up on them early and deplete their will to to win. Man, how much fun would that be to see uh, Andrew Line Gang out there just mauling dudes all game at fullback? I think that would be a lot of fun. Let's go next to uh, let's go next to Catsman. Catsman, what's your big key to be for Saturday? Uh oh, am I the only one not getting Catsman? Oh, I'm not getting Catsman either. Oh no, no, he he came back. You, you there? There we Can go. You hear me now? Yeah, I got you. Mom. Oh, sorry. I don't know hey, you're all good. It's Sunday. We're all trying to re- remember how to do this uh, live show thing <laughs> when it's not on a Wednesday. You're good. Okay, cool. Well, I was, I was saying that uh, I think Deuce and DJ and the run game as a whole is probably my key to V just because of – I don't think Kansas's defense can really defend the run very well, especially what Bijan just did to him. So I, I'd say that's my key to V is keeping their offense off the field and running all over. I think that's a good one. Let's go to the Linksman, then we will go to Zach. Yeah, I'm just going to be watching third down defense. Um, You know, with Jalen Daniels being back and even Jason Bean, but with Daniels, you know, the running quarterback thing on a third down pass play breaking down um, was something that we saw, you know, get K-State a couple times yesterday. And so I really don't have concerns with this offense moving the ball against KU's defense. It's just, you know, whether we can find enough stops on third down to get off the field enough times as well. All right, we will go Zach, and then we will end this segment with Evan D. Shanalanalanalak. 
Um, e to B. Uh, so it's going to be pretty simple for me. Just dominate the lines. Um, for whatever it's worth, and it's not worth a whole lot, My I had lunch today with uh, my uncle who's a KU season ticket holder, and he has absolutely zero confidence they have any chance in this game because he says we're going to run the ball all over them and then dominate their O-line, and I think he's right. So that's the key to V. Just dominate the lines. I love it. We'll go to Evan, and uh, then we're, we're going to get some uh, picks to click after this. Um, I'm going to go with dominate time of possession. Uh, so just kind of like choke them like we did to Baylor a couple weeks ago. Like if we can get up to like 37, 38 minutes for time of possession, I like that number. I love it. All right, let's get picks to click for this Sunflower Showdown. Uh, Kansas kids have uh, shined in this game last few years, uh, late under Bill and under Chris Kleiman, uh, but we got a lot of superstars from all across the map, and superstars love to play in rivalry games. So let's go to the good chef, Andre Napier. Chef, who is going to be your pick to click? My pick to click is, is similar to what we've seen in these Sunflower showdowns is a freshman that really – is borderline impacting the team really comes out and shines and puts their name on the map. Like two years ago, I think for the COVID season was Felix and DK Uzama as a freshman last year. Who was it? That was really good last year. I can't remember off the top of my head. Ben Sennett got into the end zone. Ben Ben Sennett. Yeah. He stole Jax's touchdown. Ben Sennett came in and now he's a superstar on this team. And this year, I think it's going to be Jake Clifton. Jake Clifton is a borderline second second string linebacker. Take fills in for both positions. It's it's beautiful to see. Next year, I think he could have a absolutely monster season, and it's going to be springboarded by this Sunflower Showdown. Give me Jake Clifton. That's a good one. I want to give a shout out to uh, Crew Jackson, who uh, was out there on a lot of special teams yesterday and got some snaps late in the game. It's good to see Crew Jackson also getting in the field. I think Jake Clifton is a great pick. We will go to Catsman. Catsman, who is your pick to click for the Sunflower Showdown? I'll I'll go with a Kansas kid, Austin Moore, the machine. I think he'll have a big day, get a lot of tackles. Yeah, Austin Moore got the other tackle for a loss versus West Virginia that weren't the Mott sacks. I believe he's from Lewisburg, Kansas. Do I have that one right? I believe so. All right, all right. There we go. I, I like that one. Let's go to the ambassador. Uh, who is your My pick to click will probably have to be um, the seniors on the re- on the receiving core at senior day. Um, just have a good have a good day for this for the senior. Yes, all three of them I believe will be participating in senior day festivities. Uh, Cade Warner, not eligible to come back. Malik Knowles, eligible to come back, but I don't see it happening. Phillip Brooks, eligible to come back. Maybe a small chance, uh, but I think we might be seeing all three of those wide receivers playing their final game in Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Let's go to the Lynxman next. 
I'm going to go echo Boydo. Um, I remember last year, the game in Lawrence, um, you know, it seemed like KU's coaching staff and offensive staff really decided to kind of throw away from Julius, even really when, you know, Julius went out of the game in Lawrence last year for a little bit, they kept throwing at echo. They obviously saw something there. I mean, it was his, one of his best games to date. So I think being a Lawrence kid, um, obviously he'll get up from this game. I could see them targeting him again um, and him coming up. Big. Let's go to Aaron. Yeah, mine's going to be Daniel Green. I think uh, really over the last couple of weeks, he's looked the healthiest he's been all season. I know we talked a lot about on the kind of back in the secondary, I love all the picks so far, but Daniel Green, super senior, under the lights, he's going to be flying around. So I, I look for him to have a couple of big hits and an interception. Is he eligible to come back? Yeah, I was just about to say not a super senior. I know it seems like Daniel Green has been around forever. Because he has, he committed to K-State out of high school, actually had to go to a prep school, I believe, for one year to become eligible, came in red-shirted, and now this is his fourth year playing, but I think he has his COVID year if he wants to come back. I would not expect it, but I, I think he uh, could still come back if he wanted to. Um, but again, I, I would not expect it at all. Uh, let's go to uh, Zach. Zach, who is your pick? So I'm going to go one state east and then one state north because I still have a fever and I need more Ben. I tell you what, Ben Senate, and I, I talked about this. Uh, for, for those of you listening live, uh, you'll know this. People listening on the RSS feed hopefully listen to the show on Monday. I did the game review pod with my father, and we talked a lot about Ben Sennett. Uh, this kid actually is uh, on his way. I think he's a couple more catches and maybe like 30 yards away from getting into um, top five category for almost every uh, tight end stat there can be. Uh, so shout out to Zach, who has been on the Ben Sennett train all season long. Uh, another just massive game uh, versus West Virginia. Let's get to Evan. Uh, Evan, who is going to be your pick to click? Uh, can I go with the offensive line as just a whole? Yeah, it's it's the holiday season. I'm not going to be a stickler. I, I feel like especially like the Kansas guys up front, so like Hayden Gillum and Hadley Panzer and Cooper Beebe are all having some great games. Yeah, the – the, the inside of the offensive line, uh, Kansas boys, tackles being Texans. Uh, so hope, hoping for a big one as well. Again, could be Cooper Beebe's final game at K-State. Uh, I, I believe Hayden Gillum, I don't know if he's a super senior, if it'll be his final game or not, but I think he'll be part of the senior day uh, uh, festivities. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. All right, let's get to game predictions. Give me a score. Uh, and I will, I will nuke this entire live show. If anyone even tries to predict KU to win this one, we're going to start with chef chef. I know it's early, uh, but, but what score are you feeling here on this Sunday? I got it. 44, 24. There you go. 44, 24. That's a good, good point. Total good point. Total. I don't, I don't like that the spread is going down. So actually, I do like it, but I don't like it at the same time. What are they? What are they hearing in Vegas that thirteen is just too much? I don't know. I, I think it might just be uh, betters. I, I don't know if they're hearing anything because uh, it's what down to twelve and a half. I now. saw eleven. 
Ooh, well, uh, that's a lot of movement early. But that happens. Lines are very fluid in the first six hours. Uh, I, I'm not too worried about it. Uh, we'll go Catsman. Catsman, what are you feeling for the score? I'll say 38 to 21. They, they probably get like a garbage time touchdown to make it look closer than it. All right. I, I mean, closer than I'd like it, but hey, it wins a win. All that matters is having one more than them at the end. We'll go to the ambassador next. Go 41-23, kind of the same deal. They'll we'll get to see Legatron do his thing. But... There we go. Let's go next to the Linksman. I'm gonna go 38-24 cats. Lots of KU respect on the pod tonight with some of these scores. We'll go next to Aaron. K State 55. The other team 10. That's more like it. Zach, what do you got for me? Yeah, I'm not going to reciprocate the love for KU. Um, I think we might be looking at something like, I don't know about 2002. That's probably pretty ambitious, but um, I think that we want to shut them up. I think we're going to do, I mean, look how bad we beat Oklahoma State and Baylor. I think KU's due for that um, again. So give me K-State. Mm. I'll one up Aaron, fifty-six to seven. Hey, there we go. And then Evan, what do you got? Um, I'm gonna go with fifty-eight to forty-one. Not really close at all until like the last quarter when we have our third stringers in. All right, all right. Now let's get to the oddly specific prediction, or just a non-score uh, prediction for the Sunflower Showdown. We'll start with Chef. Oh, shit. Now, this one is where I usually have to do some research because I try to think of something different. Ah, fudge muffins. You know, I don't know what the weather is calling for that day. It's just going to be cold, I would assume. Yeah, highs in the 50, uh, kickoff, it's going to get down to 34. So, not, Mm. it, it could be colder. Yeah. Man. Other strange stat. I think we have another three sack game from two players again. Woo! Just like we did, just like we did with Khalid Duke, Felix Anadike. Was that versus Oklahoma? Uh, no. Texas Tech, Texas right? Tech. Yeah, Texas Tech. You're right. I think we do that again, and I think it's going to be Eli Huggins and Felix. Hey, Eli Huggins getting three sacks. I'd love it. All right, let's go to Catsman. We've been we've been saying it all year that we want special teams touchdown. And so I think this will be the time. A better time than any. So there we go. Ambassador Ethan, what do you got for me? We're gonna go with senior day Echo Boy interception. Echo Boy Doe, sorry, Echo Boy. First of his career on this yeah. last game. Versus the hometown school, man. That would that would be great. I hope he gets it. I really do. Uh, we'll go to the Linksman. Um, K-State's going to force three turnovers, two fumbles, one from Devin Neal, one from another running back, um, and then we're going to have an interception. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Mob, straight up mobbing. Uh, we'll go to Aaron. Yeah, so I'm looking for about mid to late fourth quarter. 
Willie to break in the new press box with the uh, KSU chant from up top. Press box Willie returns. Ooh, it'll be interesting to see if, uh, again, it would be clinching a Big 12 uh, championship game appearance berth, so that might be worthy. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll go with Zach next. Deuce is going to have 200 yards of rushing. DJ Giddens, 100. Ooh, okay, going up over 300 yards total rushing. Uh, Texas did get over 400, I believe, so uh, would not be shocking at all. Let's go to Evan. Uh, kind of a weird one. I'm going with Sammy Wheeler, two-plus touchdowns. Whoa, okay, and Sammy Wheeler's uh, senior day. The final Bill Snyder quarterback recruit getting two receiving touchdowns as a tight end. I love it. All right, uh, we will have one more question, then we're going to end it with a uh, a classic, uh, you know, seasonal uh, ending to the show. Uh, but K-State men's basketball going to the Grand Caymans, playing three games, opening up with Rhode Island on Monday, and then a game on Tuesday. Folks, the uh, listening to this on the RSS feed will already know the results of K-State Rhode Island uh, before they play the final two. So give me a record prediction in the three games played on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday by Jerome Tang's fight in hooping basketball cats, Chef. Ah, man, that's tough because it's all determined by that second game. I think we smoke Rhode Island, but I think if we play Tulane, I don't know if we could beat Tulane necessarily right now. So if I'm going with my with my gut, I'm going to say one and one. And if I'm going with my heart, we're going three and zero because we'll beat LSU on the other side. But if if we got to play Tulane, it's just they're they're a good ass team. They're a really good team. So there would be a third place game. So it's not an oh, okay. elimination tournament. Okay. So we're playing three no matter what. So if who is who's on LSU's side that we could possibly? I'll, I'll say two and one. Then I think we'll get third place. Gut gut says two and one. Heart says three and. 0. We'll go Catsman. Catsman, how many uh, dubs out of the three are K-State going to grab in the Cayman Islands? I really think that we can win all three. It'll just come down to conditioning and depth, I guess. Just hopefully hopefully the guys don't get too tired playing three games in three days. We'll go next to the Ambassador, which I honestly think they probably should have taken you down to the Cayman Islands just in in case there's – prospective students or something that needed the ambassador. I think that's kind of rude for them not to take you. I agree, Scott. Thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll take any recommendation I can get for next year. But I was going to go 3-0, but now that I know that the green wave is there, I'm definitely going 3-0. We are not losing to Tulane again. Man, them, they, them guys have got my goat, you know. By, I, I love it. I, I hope you're correct. Let's next go with the Lynxmen. I'm a chef. I'm thinking it's two and one. Um, I could easily see it being three and oh. I thought they showed a lot in the other night against Kansas City and finding other guys stepping up. You know, Cam Carter having a big night and then Desi Sills kind of taking over when things were getting a little closer in the second half. So I like that, you know, different people can step up. But I just think ultimately that one of these three days, there's going to be an off shooting night that ends up. Um... Let's next go to Aaron. 
Yeah, I got to go three and zero. Oh. I think uh, Jerome Tang and, and company have learned a lot about our team over the uh, start of the season so far. I think this is a business trip. We take care of business. All right, Zach. Zach, who uh, I had some back and forth with on uh, Twitter when it comes to this these three games. Zach, what do you think? You're not going to like it. Two and one. Um, I, I just – I'm playing the odds on that one. I think that people are underestimating the volatility of early season college basketball. I think we're – a good team, but I think we're gonna have to find it even more. See, I, I would probably maybe have said three and zero a week ago, but after seeing how bad Cal is and the fact that they came back on us is making me nervous. Yeah, Cal sucks, um, but it's okay. Hey, look, I uh, I I don't want to go two and one, but I'm not melting down if we go two and one. Uh, that's for sure. We'll go Evan D. Shanelanelak before we end with a. Uh, live show ending question. Evan, prediction for the next three games. Yeah, I think I have to go two and one as well. I feel like we're either Marquise Noel or Keontae Johnson getting into foul trouble away from dropping a game we shouldn't. So Nothing wrong with that. All right. Uh, We got Thanksgiving on Thursday, so it is going to be that typical question. What are you thankful for? Before we get there, I just want to say, I am thankful for the Boneheads. I'm sure you guys will hear this on a couple episodes this week, uh, but this show would not uh, would not be as fun without the Boneheads. I always said that I do this show because it's a fun hobby. I don't do it uh, for the fame, fortune, or for the haters. I'd be doing it even if no one's listening. But I'll just say this. It is a lot more fun when we're getting record-setting uh, downloads every single month and have all this fun engagement with all the Boneheads. So I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for Chauncey Bosco, the Wonder Pup, the best co-host in the entire world, especially since my former co-host Grant has retired. Um, so, Chef, what are you thankful for? Uh, yeah, I'm thankful for my family. You know, uh, it's been it's been a hell of a year. All my kids are in school. It's been one of those one of those years, but it's been it's been a good one, and I'm I really appreciate my family. I got after we go around this. I don't know if we'll have enough time, but I got a hype. I got a hypothetical for you. After yeah, this. we'll have time for the hypothetical. We'll come back to Chef after we hear everyone's thankful uh, wishes out there. We'll go to Catsman next. Catsman, what are you thankful? Yeah, I'm thankful for family and friends, and and uh, for you guys having a nice little. K-State community, it's a lot of fun to be a part of. I love it. We'll go to the ambassador. Perfect. Thank you, Scott. I'm very thankful for my family and uh, being back home this week. It's a great time. But I'm just most paramount thankful for my time at Kansas State and just the opportunities that's that's afforded me to, um, you know, represent represent the university, have a good time um, hanging out, doing stuff with friends, and then – getting to be a part of this community as well. So I, I would all. Yes, uh, I, I think that is the uh, university and athletic department that have brought all of us together. So great words from uh, the ambassador. Let's go to the Lynxmen. Yeah, definitely thankful for my family. And then to steal a line from you, Scott, I'm th- thankful for my 
secret day job, um, you know, kind of still in school, but having a place that is allowing me to be to go to school online um, and continue to work full time um, has been great. And all the people I've gotten to learn from. So super thank Yes. Yeah, shout out to everyone's secret day jobs. Uh, and uh, despite what I said on uh, Twitter, when I thought Twitter was going to die the next morning, I didn't win the lottery. I do have a secret day job and uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for uh, being able to work from home because sometimes I get to do some podcast stuff over my lunch break. All right, let's go to Aaron. Aaron, what are you thankful for? Yeah, definitely thankful for uh, family and friends, uh, specifically this time of year. It's always great building memories, watching sports together. I think that's something that uh, can unite not just us, but a lot of people in this country and the world. We've got the World Cup. We've got college football. We've got NFL. A lot to be thankful for and building those memories with family. Yeah, that's a great shout-out. Again, hopefully people are listening to this after the U.S. beats Wales. But I'll say this. It doesn't matter if you're liberal or conservative. Uh, coastal elite or in God's country, whether you uh, like white meat or dark meat or if you're a vegan, I think we all can get behind hating England and beating the shit out of them on Black Friday. It's called soccer. Get fucked, England. All right, uh, Zach, what do you got for me? Just love that, Scott, by the way. Um, So, of course, I'm thankful for family and friends. Um, Who isn't? Um, I kind of touched it on Twitter. Um, sports mean a lot to me. And so I'm, I'm genuinely thankful for how well all my favorite teams are doing. I just really hope that Greg Ball does not let me down tomorrow. We'll see how that goes. There you go. There you go. Uh, Evan D. Shanelanelak, the final uh, Thanksgiving message before we go to Chef for his hypothetical. Uh, yeah, Scott. I'm I'm definitely thankful for the Cats and – especially the way that the season's gone this year. And then uh, very thankful this year for my family and friends just kind of supporting me as I switched careers this year. So they were all a big help in that. Well, congratulations to you on your uh, career switch on your secret day job. Not sure what it is, but uh, I interact with you on the internet sometimes, and I think you're a swell guy, and I'm sure you're going to be successful in whatever you choose to do. So shout out to Evan, and again, shout out to all the boneheads one more time. All right, Chef, what do you have for uh, the uh, hypothetical to end the show? Yeah, I'd like for everybody to answer this if they really want to, but my hypothetical is we win versus KU. We have nine wins, right? Nine wins. That's that's a decent season. To get our 10th win, would you rather it be in the Big 12 championship game or a Sugar Bowl win, BCS win? Yeah, so I'll, I'll answer this and we'll let everyone do it. And then since it's your question, I want you to answer last. I think this is super easy for me. I think it is winning the Big 12. Now, Winning a New Year's Six Bowl, uh, winning the Sugar Bowl would be a lot of fun. Beating an SEC team uh, in a bowl game for two straight years, I think, again, it would be a blast. Um, granted, you, you would need uh, you'd need TCU not to lose to Iowa State. <laughs> like they're going to lose to Iowa State. Uh, TCU can already sim to the uh, Big 12 championship game. They're going to stop Iowa State. But it's a Big 12 championship. For me, uh, bowl games are fun, and I like bowl games more than I think a lot of folks. I don't think it's some meaningless exhibition. I love bowl season. I don't want it to change. I love how many bowl games there are. New Year's Six bowl games are important. But there is one thing 
that is the goal for me for all the best K-State teams is winning the Big 12. I will always take winning the Big 12 over a New Year's Six Bowl personally. Let's go to Catsman. Catsman, Big 12 championship or Sugar Bowl if you can only have one. Yeah, I got to agree with you, Scott. Um, if I had to choose one, definitely Big 12 championship. I just feel like I love bowls and everything. I go to a lot of them, but Big 12 championships, just especially in football, mean a lot. Let's go next to Ethan Brown, who the ambassador who does – his profile picture here on Spotify Live is Deuce Vaughn from the Texas Bowl. So uh, are you a big bowl guy? Are you choosing the Sugar Bowl or the Big 12 champion? Well, I am a big bowl guy for bowl riding and rodeo and stuff like that. And um, the big thing, I'm going to put the conference ahead of our – well, it depends. Because can I get the guarantee that if we win the Big 12 championship that everyone else loses and we can make the playoff? Because <laughs> – that's how we make the playoff. You know? Yeah, I, I don't I don't think there's any world. I, I don't even think a perfect thread the needle world uh, we can make the playoff this year. All right, th- then I'll take the bull win just because that's the thing that KU likes to hold over us. Oh, okay. To- I, hey, that's fine. I, I'm not I'm not going to tell folks what they should or shouldn't uh, choose. And it would be kind of funny to be like, oh, well, you guys have never won a New Year's Six Bowl. I mean, that would be kind of funny to uh, turn it back on them. Um, we'll go to the Lynxman next. Yeah, for me, it's the Big 12 championship as well. Um, you know, the Sugar Bowl is an interesting spot this year to where, you know, it's on New Year's Eve right before the playoff games at 11 o'clock. So, you know, the finish of that game is going to be going right into the playoff coverage this year. So that would be interesting from just like a national perspective. But at the same time, like, it's just the conference championship. Like, no one really even remembers who wins even the New Year's Six games that aren't playoff bowls. But people would remember that K-State was the reigning Big 12 champion, especially moving into the new era of the Big 12. So, for me, it's the Big 12 champion. Aaron, what do you got for me? Yeah, this one's simple. The Big 12 championship, no question about it. couple reasons for that. Think back to 2003. I think we've all got great memories of that season. Nobody remembers, or some, some do, some don't. But the Fiesta Bowl after that, the the main memory. I actually, there is the I actually think a lot of people remember right. the Fiesta Bowl <laughs> because of. Uh, <laughs> well, Chef does because he lives in Ohio. But I think kind of some of the stuff that happened before that Fiesta Bowl makes it so I don't think many K State fans who were uh, aware of what was going on will ever forget that just yeah. because of some other stuff. Yep, totally agree. And again, the the second part there, you you touched on a little bit. It's really like a separate season. And what I mean by that is this team, to follow it up with a Big 12 championship after beating KU, it's this group of players. Again, a lot can happen from now until the Sugar Bowl. We don't know what's going to happen with our roster, with the other team's roster. It's really a season within a season. So that Big 12 championship is the goal, and we've got to keep our eyes on Zach, what do you got for me? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a Big 12 championship. Um, I think the big thing now that um, solidifies that decision is how, how how much attrition there is going into bowl season with how many guys sit out. It, it really would not feel as big as it would, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. So give me a Big 12 championship for sure. All right, Evan. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Big 12 championship. Um 
like I think what Cleet said earlier was pretty great. Like no one really remembers necessarily who wins or loses all of those bowls, um, but they will remember someone that's a champion. So I love it, Chef. Uh, answer your own question, and did you think this was the answers you would hear? Yeah, I I thought a lot of people would go with that, and you know I'm I'm a coin flip guy myself. You know, I, if you were to tell me either one. I would say it's more important. I mean, not necessarily more important because, you know, championships are, it's a sugar bowl championship and you put that sugar bowl championship trophy in the mantle next to old big 12 championships. They, it looks just as good. Recruits love that shit, you know, and it's versus an sec team. Like you said, two years in a row, especially be Georgia with a one, I think it would be a one loss Georgia, maybe a, I don't, I don't fucking know. What, but, what do you mean, Georgia? Aren't they? I, they're going to the playoff. Yeah. But if if they were to lose to LSU, they'll be in the playoff. They'll yeah, be, they would. Yeah, you that think would be still? In the oh, yeah. oh yeah, that would only be one loss, right? Or had they? Yeah, no, they haven't lost. Yeah, they're definitely in a yeah, one loss. They made it last year, losing to Alabama in the SEC championship, right? Yeah, yeah they're okay. Well, it'd be LSU, LSU or Tennessee. I don't – can Tennessee go? Yeah, so how the SEC does – so uh, for the Big 12, the Big 12 agreement with the Sugar Bowl is they have to take the best uh, standings from the Big 12 standings, right. the top uh, non-playoff team. Uh, so either the champion or if there's a playoff team, the loser in the championship game. The SEC is different. The Sugar Bowl agreement with the SEC is they take the top-ranked college football playoff team. So, oh, whoever, so Aaron yes, was right. Yes, Aaron was right. So I think it could be Tennessee or Alabama um, because now I don't think the SEC is going to get two playoff teams. Uh, so I actually think it's now less likely it is LSU. Uh, but, I mean, we'll see what the playoff committee does with Tennessee now that Hooker tours ACL. Mm. But like I was saying, you know, I I think both of them are pretty prestigious, you know, a Sugar Bowl, a Big 12 championship. The only thing I think it weighs a little bit more towards the Big 12 championship because, I mean, we put that banner up. We put it on our – we put that one on the stadium. We wouldn't put a Sugar Bowl championship on the stadium. We'd put a Big 12 championship, though, on the stadium. It, it's just – I don't know because th- who we're beating t- TCU, I think we'd get a lot more credit in a Sugar Bowl win over – an Alabama or an LSU or a Tennessee than we would a, a TCU team that we've seen twice. I don't know. That's just how I, my brain's thinking about it. And I, I would go with BC, uh, the big 12 championship game, but it'd be a coin flip for me somewhere. Yeah. And, and honestly, um, assuming we take care of business versus KU, uh, I definitely want the big 12 championship game, but any way, any combination to get to 10 wins, with another trophy um, is going to be good by me. It, it's t- it's the Big 12 championship by miles. But if someone tells me, "Hey, you're not going to get that, but you can get a Sugar Bowl win," I, I would, you know, I, I'd be like, "All right, that's 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 a pretty damn good season." So I like the hypothetical chef uh, here. Th- this is what I'll say: anyone who's listening to this on the RSS feed, tweet at Bosco's voice, uh, tweet at Chef Andre Napier. Let us know your answer to that question. So. 
Um, we went over an hour, which I, I, I'm a little, I, I didn't know if we would do on this Sunday Night Live. So thank you to everyone who participated. Thank you to everyone who listens along with it. And thank you to everyone who is listening to this on this Thanksgiving week. One more time, I'm so thankful for this community that has developed. I would like to take credit for building it myself. But if it wasn't for the fans, the boneheads interacting with each other, building each other up, creating this community and keeping this community thriving, uh, the Bonehead Nation would not be what it is without you guys. So thank you. I'm thankful for you guys. Uh, So for all of Bonehead Nation, for the best dog in the world, Chauncey, and uh, you know what? For all of K-State Nation, we love you guys and go Cat. Meet me at the Cat Inn. Oh, don't you know, we're on a podcast with Bosco's boys, because I love you boneheads. We're on a podcast with Bosco's boys, because I love you boneheads, baby. Meet me at the cat. Sports Social Podcast Network.